Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the evolution of a snake. I'm Zach. And I'm Madeline. And this is our Fearless Taylor's version, the re-recordings, remix, revamped, remastered edition. The re-up. <laughs> the re-up. Pink Friday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, we are definitely going to have a shorter episode today because, I mean, what else is there to say? We have discussed this album at length previously, but I suppose there are new elements that we can go over. So I was thinking maybe we should start with the vault tracks. Madeline, what are your overall thoughts on the vault tracks? Um, where do I start? Um, <laughs> honestly, I would say one thing that I think that I've forgotten about in all the hubbub is that ultimately at the end of the day, that for all of these songs there was uh, like a reason that they didn't make it onto the album mm -hmm. and i think that you know it's not that i'm saying that they're bad like none of them are genuinely bad except except for one of them i think is probably the worst thing i've ever heard in my life but <laughs> that's another story but honestly to me mr perfectly fine is probably the best one in my mm -hmm. personal opinion it fits in with the record it's a total fucking bop and i feel like the reason it got cut is because it was too pop and that's, I don't think it was because of any other fucking reason, except for maybe they didn't want to have two absolute takedowns of Joe Jonas on one album. But I Too say powerful. why not. Too powerful. But also, I mean, I don't think it got cut for any other fucking reason other than it was too poppy, which is fair because it definitely was. But it still kind of fits. Like, I feel like it was as pop as You Belong With Me was. But then You Belong With Me was the pop song on the record anyway. Anyway, you get what I'm getting at. Like, it wasn't cut for any other reason but that. But some of the other ones, it's like, yeah, I, I know why this was cut. With Mr. Perfectly Fine specifically, to me, that is a song that was like written in the like space between Fearless and Speak Now. You know, it was a little too juvenile to go on Speak Now just like theme wise. But in terms of the production and how it sounds, I mean, it sounds like a Speak Now song, like the story of us, that kind of energy I'm getting from it. It's also a solo co-write, which makes me think, like it's Taylor's the only writing credit on it. So it makes me think that it probably was cut from Speak Now just because it was a little immature. And the storytelling is very advanced and developed. You know, there's a good narrative going on. It reminds me of the formula for songs like mine. So uh, I think that this was for Speak Now, which makes me scared of what the vaults for Speak Now have in store for us. Um, and I'm just going to throw it out there right now. I think the vault is fucking empty. <laughs> if this is anything to judge by, <laughs> there is no vault. My main problem with the vault songs for Fearless is that most of them are not Fearless songs. Like Mr. Perfectly Fine is pretty much the only one that I could like maybe safely say was written around the Fearless time. The rest of them are honky tonk outtakes that we've heard or have been, you know, remixed, remastered, reimagined but just they don't quite hit properly. They feel like debut songs. I'm not sure <laughs> that I'm getting what I need from them. I was so excited for We Were Happy and That's When. And I guess like, <laughs> I just realized when I heard them like fully produced that they're just not good. Like they're not bad, but they're not good songs. You know, the reason why they slapped so hard as demos was because they were demos. <laughs> they were good for a demo. They were not good to be like fully produced songs. I was especially let down by We Were Happy. I don't really know why, but I just was expecting something much better. And I will say the vocals are definitely a huge improvement because the We Were Happy demo vocals, ooh they were really fucking bad <laughs> yeah and the other thing is like i you know the we were happy um like studio demo 
it was a lot bigger of a song like it was like theatrical it was like mm-hmm. this huge story and then they like kind of like on the production for the one that they actually put on the album they like it's super like it's a lot more like reserved it's just supposed to be like a really sad song and the thing is that i think that there's like a <clears throat> like a nugget of like a really really fucking good song in there but it's like there's just some lyrics that are just fucking idiotic what circus <laughs> what circus it's just not it doesn't hit it's like we snuck into the circus okay uh, and? are you gonna say or anything what? else about that or you're just sneaking into the circus and then i hate when she says like that's sort of how i feel right now it's like what <laughs> that's sort of <laughs> how i feel right now it's just juvenile and it's like it makes me sort of irritated that she had this opportunity to go in and like rework a song that quote unquote nobody had heard and she just like chose to not like really fuck with it and make it like a really fucking good song she just like oh here's exactly what it was except for it's kind of a little bit sadder because we changed the production on it which i would accept if it was a song we'd never heard before but bitch we've been hearing this yeah and the bridge is just not that good it was never good in the first place so it's like why didn't you just change it it's weird that she went in and she changed the one thing like why yeah okay i didn't even okay here here's the thing bye bye baby was a new song to me so when i saw the track list i was like yes we have so many songs that i've never heard before but then madeline alerted me to the fact that it was like one thing reworked i fucking knew it i knew i knew she was gonna put that bullshit ass song on the record i don't know how i knew but i was like i know and i would obviously i fucking hate the one thing and you know no real reason but it just stunk of a song that she like held on to for years and was never gonna let go until she could release it and of course she did i knew it from the second that little started up in the beginning i was like i swear to fucking god this is the one thing i'm quitting i i just i i couldn't believe she did that to me was it like a ploy this is the whole issue for me is that these songs are not fearless songs i wanted a whole like narrative conclusion to fearless but i think the genuine tea is that when the platinum edition came out the story was complete like there are no more vault songs from fearless to put on it so she had to go back into the public domain which is where she's getting all of these songs because most of them have existed in some shape or form and she's pulling them out as along with mr perfectly fine to fucking save the day because that is you know the undiscovered supermodel I think for me, like, I don't know what I think about this quote unquote vault, if it's real, like what it is, what's going on, if she's really just like combing fucking Tumblr looking for songs or like what she's doing. I think that I will know. She's on, she's logged on to Taylor's inner circle and she's going through the descriptions and she's like, oh, this one sounds good and it's terrible because she fucking steve's descriptions were catfishing essentially they were i mean uh the best example i have for this is probably firefly that one and honey baby you know he's like beautiful song about a young girl like you know loving life and you get the song and it's like this fucking she's singing through a toilet bowl a b it was recorded on a toaster (laughs) c it's just horrible like why does he lie well what about uh r-e-v-e-n-g-e i mean his description described it as like the most clever way that a word has ever been spelled in a song of all time I think he's like has her, his head so far up her ass he cannot say this is an okay song you know he has to come up with something 
<laughs> also, he like lives to put other people in misery. So I think that that's part of the fun for him. Like, so I want to know, like, is there truly like a circle? Is there, is it just Steven? Like, is there other people? Well, okay, I guess for that, we should give some context for the listener. So basically, Steve Hall is the ringleader of all of these rares that we're talking about that we've heard before. So that's We Were Happy, You All Over Me, That's When, and Bye Bye Baby, formerly known as One Thing. So is that he had a website back in the day called darkbluetennessee.com, which had an exhaustive list of every leaked song known in existence. I, I'm confident that he had every single one, pretty much. Um, except for Mr. Perfectly Fine, interestingly. But then, I mean, why did Dark Blue Tennessee shut down, Madeline? Do you know? I can't remember. I feel like one day it was just gone. And I, I don't know. I well, think yeah, it was because, because now Taylor'sInnerCircle.com exists and it's basically the same thing, but it's just, I don't know, like remastered. I feel like remastered. I have a vague memory of there being like a message on DarkBlueTennessee.com like after the site was wiped and it was like, I don't songs are leaking, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like it's getting like, uh, we draw too much attention to the songs and people are finding them, something like that. But it's like funny because at the time I remember thinking like they're done because they're never going to be able to get any new songs because they're under such tight lock and key. But apparently they have gotten new songs, which absolutely blows my fucking mind. (laughs) Well, they allegedly have songs from fucking Lover. Like they have one called Need. Do not believe. Like there's no fucking way. Because I'm see, I don't believe it either. But then again, they knew that folklore was going to happen before it came out. And the crazy thing is that the label didn't even know. So how the fuck did Steve know? I'm telling you, it's an inside job. It's Andrea Swift or it's it's nobody. It's Taylor. (laughs) It's Taylor feeding Steve information for what? That's the thing. It's like actually the exact kind of thing she would do, though. To like get people hyped, use Steve for promo. <clears throat> that's so fucking weird to me it's so weird the whole thing is bizarre like i wish i knew more about like the inner workings of the inner circle but i really don't it's as much a mystery no, to don't. me and we've been following it for many years and even still we are as in the dark as the rest of the people are all we know is that he writes fake ass stupid <laughs> descriptions of songs that are not that good and he tries to make them sound like number one hits and you know what there's a reason like you said madeline there is a reason that these songs especially, never made it onto an album because some of them suck. dude especially on a record like lover that <laughs> has a bunch of rejects on it already because she wanted a fucking 18 <laughs> song long album for something. It's like, I don't believe that there's a song that she cut that's- That didn't make it onto Yeah, I, I mean, it's just hard for me to believe. But I- The bar you know, was so low when me was there, you know? Yeah, it's like, uh, if there's some incredible song, why the fuck didn't she just put it out? And he's talking about, well, I'm sure it would have been a fan favorite. It's like, really? <laughs> I don't, don't think you so. think she would have put a fucking on the album if it was a fan She's favorite? I mean, if, if there is a song from Lover that is not on Lover, I can guarantee you it's a shitty fucking song. Yeah, and there's a reason for that. Fucking. <laughs> there is a reason. <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit more in depth about the other Vault songs. So when You All Over Me was announced, I famously had a breakdown on Twitter. I lost my damn mind because I was so angry at her for one faking that the vault was something we'd never heard before to picking one of the weirdest songs to lead the fucking vault singles for this song 
Nobody fucking talked about this. There were a hundred rare songs that people could not stop talking about, discussing, trading. You All Over Me was like on the fucking bottom of the list. And what it's random because there was no personality to that song whatsoever. I forgot that it even fucking existed because I probably listened to it once and I was like, I don't need that in my catalog. I'm good. <laughs> it's boring. There's nothing to it. And really, and this is just, I've been saying this for so many of these fucking songs is that all these reject songs, she has went through and mined them and picked out specific like pieces and like metaphors that work better in other songs. And so when you hear you all over me, it's literally just like a shitty country version of clean. That's literally all it is. Nobody sees that. I see it. It's gar. I, I, no, I, okay. I won't say it's garbage. I take that back. It's not bad. It's just juvenile. Boring. Like it's just not, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have anything else. That- so when she announced that as the first one, you can imagine that I knew there was garbage coming because if that is the star of the fucking Bolt songs, then we're in trouble. I don't know why the fuck she didn't leave with Mr. Perfectly Fine. Everybody loved it. I guess she wanted to do something like fake deep and you all over me is certainly fake deep. It is. Those li- the lines in the first verse, like she's trying so hard to say something profound. And it just kind of make me think, but like not that much. I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. Muddy tires reminds me of you. What? <laughs> what does that mean? It makes it makes you think and then it makes you stop thinking altogether. Yeah. It's just uh, juvenile. I don't know how else to describe it. Like it's just like very basic. I don't know. It's just not that good. It's just not it. Yeah, it's just not it. And you know what? I was, I think, most let down by That's When because if you hear the demo, seek out the demo, obviously there is a guy singing on it, but he does not get a fucking verse, first of all. He doesn't get a verse. It's backing vocals only. It sounds good. And That's When is like a boppy song. To me, it was like an upbeat song. I could see it with like, You Belong With Me kind of production. It has a really catchy hook, even though the lyrics are, uh, shall we say, underdeveloped. But this rework of it, I feel like sucks all the like cuteness and personality out of it and tries to make it like a white horse vibe, which is just not what this song is. And when Keith Urban came in, growling at me on the second verse I was done I was like this is not this is a teenage girl song there is no space for a man to be (laughs) singing on this let alone on fearless altogether so I was very upset at that then it comes to the chorus and the mixing like the vocal mixing fucking sucks you can like hear Taylor in the background but Keith Urban is singing the low harmony much louder and then Taylor comes in full force it just it's a mess to me it was just a whole mess I, I I kind of agree. Like, I think it's cute. Like, I, it's definitely like a song that if it comes on, I'm not going to turn it off because it's fine. I don't really mind Keith Urban that much. But again, it's like, why does he need to have like a whole verse? Like, does it need to be worth it for him to come in? So you feel like obligated to give him a whole verse because it didn't have to happen. He could have just sang background vocals. I, I don't understand. She always has to duet with the guys that she works with. I don't get that. I don't get it. Yeah, can't we just give them a little mm-hmm in the background? Yeah, give them like just like fucking Marin Morris. Well, all she got was mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all she got. 
and nobody had a problem with that. You know what? It made the song better. So why don't we apply that same energy? I think you're right though. Like she needs to give them a little bit of space if she wants to get them on, but then just get like a random guy to sing, get Paul Sidoti on the mic. (laughs) I would love to see him on the mic. Honestly, it'd be better than having to fucking have Keith Urban get a whole ass fucking verse. I mean, again, it's like, I don't mind him. And I think he has a pretty good voice, but like, it's just like, I don't listen to Taylor Swift songs so I can hear some fucking guy singing. And this has been my opinion nope. since the beginning. But nobody cares what I have to say because she keeps bringing them in. So whatever. <laughs> um, so let's move on to Madeline's favorite vault track, which is Don't You. Madeline, would you like to kick this discussion You know, off? I'd really like to say that I have a lot to say about this fucking song. But I am telling you right now, I have not listened to it the whole way through. I have not listened what? to it the whole way through. Have not finished it once. It It's like, okay, do you know when like in like spy movies and stuff, they like there's like a sleeper agent and they put like trigger words inside his head. And then all of a sudden he like awakens him and he turns into like a monster. That's what that song does to me. And I don't know why it's something about the production meets these, like, frankly, just absolutely horrible lyrics. (laughs) Frankly, the song starts and she says, Hey, like, are you kidding me? I, I, I I can't, I, I haven't made it past the second verse any at any point. So I, I just, I can't listen to it. I can't. There's something about it that it's almost like nails on a chalkboard to me. It's bad. I really don't like it. Well, I will tell you that you don't need to listen to it all the way through. It is, I mean, okay. I think it has a pretty melody and I like the chorus. It's, it's not a wow, obviously, but none of the vault songs except for Mr. Perfectly Fine are. What I will say, though, is that when I was listening to it, I was so fucking confused. And I knew instantly that Jack Antonoff got his dirty mittens all over this track because it sounds like a song from 1989. What the fuck is it doing on Fearless Taylor's version? It does not sound anything like anything else on Fearless. And if it's a vault track, it's supposed to adhere to the story and go with the theme. And this song is just, you know, a continuation of like 1989 and the quieter moments on rep. I feel like Jack Antonoff just got very carried away doing this song and it was inappropriate and rude. It was really inappropriate. It was incredibly inappropriate. It was like almost perverse what happened to this song. And I don't, apparently there are people out there who have heard the demo I haven't. I have no memory of ever hearing this fucking song. I don't remember it. I don't think this exists. Also, it doesn't exist on Taylor's inner circle. So I think they're lying, whoever's saying that. It's just, I mean, to me, I don't... Did it go by a different name? Maybe. It's possible. But somebody said that they've heard it before. Not me. And I... (laughs) Not I. Wouldn't have missed it. So I don't... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Fuck it. I really, I, there's very few, if any, Taylor Swift songs that I have never been able to listen to all the way through. I think this might be the first one. And I don't know why. Like, I do think it's bad, but like, even bad songs, like, I've heard A Perfectly Good Heart all the way through, like, many, many times. This fucking song is something else. There's something laced within the song that is just not good. And I, I can't, I can't explain it or describe it. I have many Taylor songs that I don't want to listen to all the way through, but but I have. Um, I have to say the one that I haven't listened to all the way through since, I don't think I even listened to it on my first listen, is Happiness. I just, I can't. Interesting. Oh, no. No, no, no. Happiness, I can. Dorothea. Oh, Dorothea. That is like an okay. instant skip. Instant skip. 
Interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So I guess we can get into the album. Um, instead of going track by track, because they are pretty much the fucking same thing, Madeline, I was thinking we could point out like songs that have had major improvements or songs that have gotten much worse and songs that are exactly the same. Okay. Um, for me, probably the one that I immediately didn't like was You Belong With Me. It something, it, I know. it's just weird. There's something wrong with it. She's ruined it somehow. It's like You Belong With Me, but like through the looking glass like something's weird with it and I don't like it maybe it's the fact that a 31 year old woman is singing it maybe it's something in the production I don't know but it's weird something ain't right and I don't like it literally the second that it came on I knew it was different like the first second that it came on it's the intro there's something like the instruments are different she tried to like I think she tried to make it a bit better and that I mean you can't well I mean you you can't can't take perfection you can't take exactly. <laughs> you can't recreate excellence. That is the main problem here. Um, but the the vocals also sound weird. Like the chorus sounds completely different to me. I think it's maybe the absence of the country inflection because she definitely got rid of that for the re-record. So I think that maybe that's what makes it weird. But it also seems choppy. Like it sounds like multiple takes put together, which is actually a problem <laughs> I had throughout the record. Um, but I think it's most notable on this song and another one. What's the other one? Forever and always. Oh, interesting. Okay. I hadn't, I hadn't heard about this yet. I didn't, I've I was honestly. so let down you, by You didn't forever like the always. forever and always one? I was kind of like, I didn't hate it, but I wasn't wowed by it like I thought I would be. I thought that the last 30 seconds of it were great. Like yeah. obviously Taylor's old vocals did not have the range exactly. <laughs> to sing what she had originally written. Yeah. So that last kind of chorus where she goes buck wild sounds great. She's mm-hmm. literally like screaming it at us. But for the rest of it, I noticed a severe amount of auto-tune throughout. Like, you know, when she sings that line where it's like, where is this going? Thought I knew it for a minute, but I don't anymore. That part, it's the going. You can literally hear the tuning on the fucking track. And to me, that is just not necessary. Forever and Always is like supposed to be like kind of like a spitting casual song. I don't feel that it needs like that level of correction. And I guess also like there are certain things you can't recapture because, you know, Forever and Always was a last minute addition to the album. It was an angry song. It was full of rage. She was so close to the situation and now she's so far away from it. So there are certain lines in the song that just don't hit the way they used to, like scared little boy. I mean, she had me shaking in my boots the first time I heard it. And this (laughs) one, I was kind of like, okay. That's interesting to me because I also agree that she... There's a motion missing in the re-record, but it's weird because Mr. Perfectly Fine, she's out there fucking, you would think that this shit happened last week. But and forever I and know. always, she completely lets all of it go, which I don't, I don't understand that. I don't get that. Like, what is that? Is she is bored it because of these songs? Maybe, but it's like, how do you get bored of forever and always? Come on. That's a, <laughs> it's a classic. I mean, if you, there's something <laughs> wrong with you if you do. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I thought that on the same wavelength, forever and always, the piano version was much improved from the original much because improved. the original, when I first heard that she was doing the piano version of it, obviously I lost my mind as did everybody else, but something about it always sort of fell flat. And I think it was the vocals because she tried so hard and it, you could tell she was trying like too hard and it just did not fucking work. But the new one, I actually quite like a lot more than the original. 
I think that her skill as a vocalist that she's found kind of um, later in her career is her dynamics. Like when she gets really like soft and quiet, that to me is when she sounds like the most emotive and like most powerful. So the piano version really did that for me because her lower register is like much more lush and like rich and full. And also she played with the arrangement slightly. Like there are slight mm-hmm. alterations in this song that really make it better. And the the backups, like the harmonies at the end, which was my favorite part of the piano version mm. are so, they're really so good. pretty. Yeah, they're really good. I really, I enjoyed it. Another song that I would say is an improvement on the original is Tell Me Why. And I was so excited for this and she did not fucking disappoint. It was really fucking good. And then like, I hadn't even thought about it like vocally. I don't think I ever really noticed when I was, uh, you know, like listening to like the original version throughout all these times. Like it's kind of a a hard song for her vocally, which I don't think I ever Mm -hmm. knew, but listening to it now and like how she's kind of like, it almost like the way that she delivers some of the lines is like she almost like deliberately wanted to point out that she's gotten a lot better at singing and like emoting because the fucking uh, I mean it's just crazy some of the some of the ways that she sings the lines is like holy shit why are you fucking screaming at me (laughs) like for no reason but it does the first kind of time around, me. she was like, un- she was not equipped to handle this song. No, as in she like really the, wasn't. The, the vocals, I mean, even on the track, the original track, it doesn't sound amazing. But the very last part of Tell Me Why, when she's really going for it. But this re-record, there's something about it. And it sounds it like she's uh, really into the song. And I think that that seems to be what's the make or break with the re-recordings is how into the song she is. Because with Tell Me Why, I could feel her like presently kind of revisiting everything she was writing about. Whereas with Forever and Always, she was kind of detached in a way. Do you know what well, I mean? I'm also kind of sitting here thinking about like, when is the last time you think Taylor played Tell Me Why, let alone really thought about it? You know what I mean? So it's like interesting to me because obviously she's played forever and always a lot. thought about it quite a bit too. But it's like, tell me why it was one that I would have thought that was like, she totally forgot about. And like, maybe that kind of like not constantly playing it, constantly playing it. She was like, fuck, this cassette song kind of (laughs) hits. And that would explain why the other side of the door sounded so good too. That was another re-record that I really liked. It's so fucking good. Absolutely delivered in all senses of the word. And it's because it never got its time in the spotlight. Everybody wants to talk, jump then fall, jump then fall, jump then fall. Who gives a fuck? And because of that, the other side of the door never had her side, her fucking first time in the spotlight i don't think but she's she ever played that song live i don't think she's ever played it live to my knowledge well, that's because she she couldn't attempt the bars live i really think it probably took her multiple takes and like the lyrics in front of her face <laughs> to get it all in one go i feel like today she could do it oh today she's so she's a new well woman prepared she's a new woman she's better like it actually that one for me was that and tell me why are clear like better Better. improvements of the originals exactly i feel the exact same way oh also hey steven hey steven yes oh my god it went and we were making fun of that before it came out we were like these clowns who love hey steven it's such a weird song or it was just kind of a nothing song like it was cute it was dated but this re-record i feel like you can hear her sense of humor in it which is what makes it so 
pleasurable and the laugh feels like a real genuine laugh not like her forced kind of like Haha. exactly it really yeah. felt like she was looking back on her previous dramatic self and being like wow I was such a fucking drama queen yeah, and was it was fucking fun weirdo. it was so fun to listen to it was is a really fun song it is uh, I was really impressed by it because I was sort of um on the fence about what I thought it was going to be like as re-recorded because I was like this is one of those ones that I know she doesn't want to re-record because come the fuck on but I'm really glad that she like embraced it and was like it's a silly fucking song so we might as well just go with it (laughs) you know what I mean which is I mean that last part like it's just so fucking ridiculous like the part where it's all those other girls they're beautiful but would they write a song for you like you know what back then I thought that she literally was changing lives with that shit I thought it was the most clever, the most brilliant. I When I went to the Fearless store, my shirt said, all those other girls, well, they're beautiful, but would they make a t-shirt for you? <laughs> oh, yeah, would I they? Mean, yeah, they all did. They that's, all that's the did. Gag all. <laughs> they all fucking did. No, but that was, that was a game-changing lyric for her at the time. I feel like she was very proud whenever she got to utter it live. So, you know, I mean, it just speaks to her derangement as a 17, 18-year-old girl. And that's what we came here for. That's why why we're all employed to this day. We love her being crazy. And it works. It works every time. Um, So also, You're Not Sorry definitely benefited from a vocal rework. I still don't love that song, but the vocals are good. Yeah, the vocals are good. That was one of those ones that was really ham-fisted. Back then, like when I was like 15, 16, it really resonated with me for some fucking reason. But as once I got older, I was like, this shit is kind of just like ridiculous. Like it's just <laughs> dramatic, like overwrought. Yeah, it's way too much, way too much. So, but I'm, the vocals sound better on the re-record for sure. I was expecting a big improvement for change, but she kind of fumbled the bag with the last hallelujah note. Actually, it's funny because I feel like I listened to it, the last note in specific, the first time that I listened to it, I feel like I played it back like two or three times because I was like, it's good, but when she ends it, there's something about it. I don't know. She's I feel like, like she just to... missed the timing or something. Which is weird because like, what girl, you couldn't have just taken another take? Because this sounded better live at the fucking ACMs <laughs> back in fucking whatever year that was. 2008. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, here's the thing is that to me overall... I felt like this was rushed in some way. Like you can hear different takes comp together. It's a, the vocals are a little sloppy in some points. It's not note for note, which is what she was intending it to be. It, it's almost there, but it's not quite. And I just wonder like, what kind of timeline did she do? I feel like she sat down in one day and was like, I'm going to bang it all out and I'm never going to do this again. So I think that reflects because if she had, you know, studied the songs and really kind of, you know, tried to get back in touch with what it was, it could have been better. But, you know, who else is doing it in the first place? Yeah. And that's another thing that I kind of felt like, too, is like, it's always going to be weird to me because I listened to the originals for like 13 fucking years. So I'm going to I mean, you and I are going to notice the differences like at the snap of a finger. And I feel like she's hyper aware of that. But it's weird because it's like, oh, I don't how could you have gotten the timing off? You know what I mean? It's like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not saying that. Yeah, I think it that just doesn't make sense it, because like, the level of attention that she's paying to some parts of it doesn't carry out to like every single aspect of the re-records. No, frankly, so I feel of- like You Belong With Me was like, uh, uh, was made in a chop shop, which like, I don't <laughs> understand because that's kind of like it, the flagship song. Like, why would you fuck that song up out of all of them? 
I don't know. It just it sounds just weird. That is, that is probably the biggest. Weird. Yeah. I mean, it's one of her biggest hits. Like you would think that that would be the one that she would painstakingly like, I don't know, have the original recording in one ear while she's recording it to make sure that she's getting it exactly the same. But You Belong With Me really hinges on this kind of like wide-eyed, girlish, um, slightly snarky, but very wistful tone that I feel like she just doesn't have anymore. So no matter how she tried to do it, it was going to be different. So I feel like she just gave up and was like, okay, well, here you go. This is, this is the best I got. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because, I mean, it's just one of those songs that like, you kind of have to be an 18-year-old girl for it to work. <laughs> Otherwise, it just sounds weird, which it does. It just sounds fucked up. Um, the way I loved you was pretty good. Oh yeah, I like that one. That one was good. I mean, I don't. There's really only "You Belong with Me" is the one that I have like an issue with. The rest of them, I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know what I mean. To me, fearless, fearless, fearless and fifteen the and the best day sound exactly the same. Like I can't really pick out many. There are a few, but I can't pick out like differences that make it hard to listen to. Fifteen is super super similar, as is fearless the song. It's um and it's almost like interesting because those are like the first two. <laughs> so it's like maybe she didn't <laughs> chronologically. She's trying to hoodwink us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love story was pretty good. I really like the re-record of Love Story as well. Yeah, I'm getting like super used to it too. Like I put it on my work playlist, so it's like I for all I fucking know, this is the original version. <laughs> that is the well, I mean, this is the intention, right? Yes, but exactly. 15, 15 was sweet. I think that like I don't know, there is something kind of like what's the word there's something bittersweet about her singing this when she's 31 you know yeah it's almost kind of and I was thinking about this the other day like kind of thinking about like how important it is or it was like for these songs to exist when they existed and to stay the way that they were because like that's how she felt at like that's how her voice sounded at the time so it's almost kind of sad and you know like everybody mm. like all these people who mostly just stream her music talking about like oh we're just gonna get rid of them like we're not gonna listen to the old versions anymore blah 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 it's like I can't do that <laughs> I can't no, just like I not can't. those songs listen. are literally part of my life I know that sounds so weird but I have listened to those songs like I want to say at least one of them from every album every day for like 12 13 years so it's not so easy to just part with the master recordings when she does a fuck up like you belong with me i know it's like i i would i would i can't listen to the new you belong with me if i want to listen to you belong with me it's gonna be the original one because that new one i can't there's something about I want to listen to the 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 new ones and feel like they are exactly the same but better i don't want to listen to them and think these are not the same and it sounds worse exactly uh, she really honestly she screwed the pooch with you belong with me i'm gonna say it now <laughs> white Who horse sounds that? the same too white Who horse produced? does sound oh, the same so she has the same producer for the whole album pretty much other than the vault tracks and his name is christopher Rowe. and i have never heard of him before but he's done a lot of uh, he worked with big machine very recently he did what? mixing for them so i'm kind of like what he also uh mixed the speak now world tour album so really i guess What's, this is all she very has worked with him stuff. for some time also i was wondering like why didn't she just get nathan chapman back to come back and do it again but well, apparently because... he is still like working with big machine well not that and also he's a trumper mm. <laughs> but, yeah he was like when when taylor made that post about uh marshall blackburn he like showed up and said all kinds of shit 
Because <laughs> oh, he's like no. a mega he, uber. Speaking like, of screwed the pooch, he really fucked himself over there. Yeah, yeah, no, he did. He really did. Like, imagine like you get into a political spat with Taylor Swift on Instagram. Next thing you know, she's recording her old albums, and you get zero percent of the pay cut, even though you worked on the original album because you had to run your fucking mouth. <laughs> was it worth it? Yeah, was it? No, worth it, it was not them? worth it at all. Um. So yeah, that's the standard edition, I guess. What did you think of coming with the rain and superstar? The same, you know. I I come in with the rain, very very similar. Like I have absolutely no thoughts about it because that's one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs. Is coming with the rain, and it just was the same. I don't know. I don't. I don't have anything. I don't even think I listened to it all the way through because I was like, it's the same. Nothing new. Yeah, I really couldn't note any differences for those two specifically. But I did realize that Superstar is kind of a fucking creepy song. Uh, you think so? I I I, it's. Dim that spotlight. Tell me things like I can't take my eyes off of you. <laughs> I, yeah, and she's I talking about someone so. who's like standing on stage singing to someone he doesn't know. This is interesting. It's literally stuff. fan fiction. Superstar uh, is fan fiction. <laughs> I never thought about it that way before. I don't know what I've always thought about it. I, I've, you know, apparently it's like a lot of people's like least favorite. Like when people were ranking the album, a lot of people had Superstar towards the bottom, which kind of surprised what me. I was like, I kind of think it's good. I mean, I don't think it's bad. I think it's... Uh, oh, all of the songs charted in the top 50 except Superstar. Really? Like originally? Yes. Yes. What? Oh, no, no, no. For the for the re-records. Oh, okay. Yeah, people were like, we don't, mm, we don't want this song. But, like, Which is why? crazy to me when Jump Then Fall is right there. I don't get it. I don't, don't get it. Don't look I me guess, in the eye and say that Jump Then Fall is a better song than Superstar. People believe it. People think it. And I don't, like, lyrically, you're going to look me in my face and tell me that lyrically Jump Then Fall is better than Superstar? It makes no goddamn sense. I would, <laughs> I would agree to me. that Jump Then Fall is, like, more of a bop, but that's just because of the production. Jump and Fall is so annoying to me. That was another re-record that was exactly the same, and I hated it just as much the second time as I did the first a million times. Yeah, I'm, I've always sort of been like, uh, if it's there, it's there. If it's not, it's not, you know? Weird to me that people are like, jump and fall, jump and fall. It's like, why? Well, Madeline, this is probably the last time we're going to have this discourse, but um, what did you think of Today Was a Fairy Tale? Um, I thought that... <laughs> It was all right. I mean, it was kind of the same. Um, my favorite parts of Today Was a Fairy Tale originally actually were. Um, you have a favorite part? I do, actually. It, it was a vocal part, too. It was like specifically what I liked about it was her vocals. When she does like uh, the bridge is nice, like the production and the way that she sings it and like the melody is really nice. I always like that. Sounded good on the re-record, too. And then when she does the last, it must have been The Way You Kiss Me and she like goes up. I literally, yeah. I always really like that too. So though, and it sounded good in the re-record too. I, I think I skipped or skipped through and I just went to the bridge and then went to the end because those are the two parts that I like. So I, you're an okay. extremely rude hater, but you know that I don't. It makes me like question you when you say that you like today was a fairy tale because it's not in line with and like this is definitely a song that you would hate. I mean, you fucking hate Dorothea and you hate what's the other one. The, the one that's like, have, oh, stay, stay, stay. Like, I mean, but today was a fairy tale gets to stay. I don't get that. 
You know what? Now that you're saying that, it doesn't make any fucking sense that I love today was a fairy tale. But I think, I think purely by virtue that it was like a fearless era song before I became like a jaded, like cynical, horrible person. So I think maybe because of that, and also it's the Taylor Squared Association. That's for sure what it is. Okay, so true. Um, I, I yeah, for me, it was a dud from the beginning. <laughs> But I, I don't know. I was kind of, and also when Speak Now was coming out and I saw the album cover, I fucking hated it because it reminded me of Today Was a Fairy Tale. Like I thought that Today Was a Fairy Tale was like the measure by which, or the, what am I trying to say? Today Was a Fairy Tale was like a good, <laughs> a good indicator of like what Speak Now was going to be, which it wasn't at all. But like. Well, Today I, Was a Fairy Tale is more juvenile than many things that are already on Fearless. Yeah, I, uh, it, the writing sounded like she did it in like 10 minutes. It's so cute. I don't know yeah. why I love it so much. <laughs> it's all right. I don't know. <laughs> I, I would put this, if this was on Fearless originally, it would be in my top five for sure. What did you just fucking say? <laughs> <laughs> what did you just honestly say to me? It would be in your top five. What did you You know what, say? Madeline? It would be in my top three. <laughs> no you're fucking with me really no you're i'm being serious three. forever and always tell me no. why no today was a fairy tale no <laughs> it doesn't make any sense i cannot believe you just said that i'm gonna remember you said that i'm gonna hold it over your head for the rest of your life i Even cannot if I cut it out will that. you remember i will remember <laughs> <laughs> it's in my brain baby it's not going nowhere well, Madeline's hatred of happiness aside, I think we were, I would say overall, I was like pleased with the re-records. Like it was, it was good. It was definitely a delicious little treat. It took me down memory lane. Yeah. That's how I would describe it too. Like it definitely wasn't like, I don't know. What did I think? It was going to change my life or something. It was just a tasty morsel. It, to me, fearless. It was never the re-record that I was like jonesing for. To me, well, that brings me to my next question, which is how do you feel about the Speak Now re record, which, you know, should be coming up next, but I have a feeling 1989 is going to be next. And I think it's going to be 1989, which kind of sucks because I, ha- I mean, because they're pop songs, it's like they're going to be to the not the letter exactly the fucking same. So it's like, I don't even know why anybody's getting hyped. If there's vault songs, I'll go fucking crazy because that's probably going to be nuts. But, like, I'm not really that interested in hearing 1989. And even as a reputation stand, I'm not really that interested in, in hearing reputation re-recorded either. Because it's the same shit. It's going to be exactly the same. No difference in vocals. Same production. She's going to have the same fucking team. You know what I mean? It's going to be the same. So, speak now, though. Now, that is an interesting little tidbit. Because there's some songs on there that are going to be fucking insane redone. Like, for example, Dear John, let's start there. Last Kiss, of course, Haunted. It's going to be fucking insane. Enchanted, it's going to be fucking insane. Mine, Back to December. I mean, I, all, the whole It's going to be insane hours nuts. when Speak Now comes out. I'm most excited um, for the Speak Now vault tracks over any of the other vaults. Because to me, it's like, first of all, I think that the Inner Circle and Dark Blue Tennessee, like they kind of like stopped getting songs as far as I could tell right around speak. Now there were two songs that they had that they were listed as they didn't have, but they knew they existed. One of which was called castles crumbling. And that's always been one that stuck in my brain, 
And I swear to God, if I log in and a vault track from Speak Now is called Castles Crumbling, I'm going to shit myself. Because that, to me, sounds like the, the banger of the fucking century. It's like, I have to hear that fucking song. And I've, and I've told myself that I have to hear it ever since I was, like, 15 years old. Like, I have to hear fucking Castles Crumbling. For all I know, it's the worst song ever, mind you. But it's like, the Speak Now vaults are, in particular, very mysterious and it's like, what kind of shit did she cut off this fucking record? It's like, I can't even imagine. But then it's the same thing with Red. Because Red is such a crazy fucking album. It's like, what kind of shit? I mean, we do know, like, Babe. Um, yes, we know Babe and Better Man yeah. are going to be involved. Exactly. But it's like, what about the other ones? Like, who knows what kind of shit she took off that record? Who knows? Well, I know for Red, she wrote 30 songs. And I think including the deluxe tracks and Babe and Better Man were at 24 so there are six potentially very haunting songs <laughs> that could be coming with Red. Although I don't know, because, you know, Girl at Home was put on the album. So, you know what uh, I think is, is that I think that, that if I were to tell, like, make an assumption, I would think that the songs that got cut from Red got cut from Red because there were too many sad songs on it, which is why I Girl agree. at Home was a fucking bonus track because she was like let me make a bop <laughs> and she fucking one, forced herself yeah here you go here's a little you know fucking dog treat for you <laughs> this garbage ass <laughs> song so it's like i, I think, think the that- speak now vaults though that's an interesting question it's because, scary yes i think that the inner circle definitely did stop getting songs for i want to say like a five-year stretch like between fearless and i think they started to get some they alleged that they got some around like red in 1989 but other than that, the rest of the vaults have been very secret. And the 1989 ones, I mean, I can't even imagine what the subject matter would be of those vault songs. That's the thing. It's like for Fearless and the debut, it's like some of those songs are just like fucking made up shit. Like that's when is about nothing. Nobody made up. <laughs> Don't you? Nothing. Nobody made up. But we like, were happy. She watched a movie. exactly and but like for fucking speak now and especially red and especially 1989 is like she has like solid subject matter she was writing about jake gyllenhaal and she was writing about fucking joe jonas or not joe jonas who am i thinking harry styles harry styles he was writing about those two fuckers very specifically so it's like oh my god i wonder if there's like some song (laughs) <laughs> where she like you rips- know what the red re-records might finally unleash the tea which we have both been absolutely salivating for which is what the fuck happened with jake gyllenhaal and i feel like what's weird is that like i mean you get like kind of an idea it's like oh he was freaked out by how famous she was which is like a huge catalyst for why she was always thinking like nobody's ever gonna love me <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because of all this shit because of jake gyllenhaal which is fucked but anyway, that's not even the point. But like, what what specifically, like, what was the conversation? What happened? Did he cheat? Did I mean, did he just not come to her birthday party? Like, what's the story? <laughs> I don't know. But even more interesting is for the reputation vaults, if there are any, if there's any juicy little tidbits about Calvin Harris, I would like to know. Oh, <laughs> inquiring like minds I have to say, want to know. I have to say, I'm with you on that one. I think the 1989 re records are going to be pretty boring in general, but I think Rep is going to be the most boring because it's so close to where she is now. And I don't think that Rep is even up for re recordings for quite a while. Like, I no, don't think not she for, can not do for it a for a while. while, not for at least another couple of years. So, uh, who knows? I mean, maybe by then 
I'll be like totally jazzed about it. But right now it's like I'm not really interested in hearing reputation re-recorded. Yeah, I but mean, the girls on Twitter can't shut the fuck up about it. I think there's nothing in the vault for rep, honestly. I think that was a hard album for her to make and she was like kind of drawing blood from a stone with it. So I think that she very purposely like created a narrative and I doubt that there are surpluses from that. And it's weird to me to imagine like that there would be surpluses from Lover. Because, like, what the fuck? I mean, come on. You said all that you had to say. You had nothing, girl. You had <laughs> one subject. And that you was You said it. way too much. And she said way too fucking much. Which is, you know, obviously, like, you could argue, like, oh, the pandemic and, like, all these other things kind of culminated to make folklore. But I think the main thing <laughs> is that she was like, Joe, I can't just write about you. <laughs> I can't yeah, she do was it like, I it. ran, I ran out of autobiographical material. It's time to look to the world of fiction. Exactly. And I think that lover, I don't know what she thinks about it. I'd really like to like get her to sort of like sit down and have a conversation with me about like, what do you think <laughs> about the album like as a whole? Well, like, see, for me, if I were her, I would be ashamed. Just like just compared to the rest of her work, it really is not on the level of a Taylor Swift album that it should be. So I would love to know if she can like plans to tour that album still, because I think she maybe intended on doing something with it even after the pandemic. But after all the re-records and those two albums, like I don't really see what the point of doing that would be given that it was a pretty kind of meh received album other than by the fucking teenagers on Twitter. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, whenever I think about Lover, I'm like, I mean, to me, it serves a purpose. Like, I put that shit on and I'll fucking jam. <laughs> I don't care. I but mean, we like got I Cruel s- Summer, so we literally yeah, can't complain. Cruel Summer, fucking Paper Rings, fucking um, uh, nope, London Boy. Uh, okay, fucking London Boy, <laughs> you know, Death by a Thousand Cuts. I mean, these are, these are, I fucking turn, I'll listen to these songs regularly. Miss Americana too. But like, there's so many songs that I have not listened to Daylight. I can't tell you when the last time I heard that song was. No interest. And that's the closing track. That's the closing track. And I could not give a fuck less about it. Same thing with False God. I don't listen to You Need to Calm Down ever. Oh, never. But when it came out, we were all like, yes, but now it's more like, no. Clean. (laughs) Um, So what do you think is going to come next, re-records wise? I think think it's going to be 1989. 1989. Yeah, 1989 is definitely. And I mean, I would have thought that even without, I would have thought either Red or 1989. Um, And now that she, she put that fucking snippet of Wildest Dreams in that movie trailer, it's like, that's the same exact thing that happened with love story because she put love story in that ridiculous ryan reynolds commercial so it's like i mean i don't understand like what her process is like is she working on 1989 now or is it already done or yeah is she doing them is she recording them in order or is she recording them in order of release it like doesn't really make sense to me i i wish that she would say more about like what her process has been because i'm sort of mystified (laughs) about like how fearless the re-record got made like where when with who like what i don't like where did you also where did you long, start how long <laughs> like i don't it's i have absolutely no fucking concept because she was doing folk, folklore and everywhere and then the next thing you know she's talking about re-records it's like she hasn't stopped and it's like sort of mind-boggling to me if she's i feel like she's just been fucking making music and it makes me nervous that she's just going to fucking burn herself out. 
Exactly. This is the thing is that I was so convinced after Lover that there would be a hiatus and I could not have been more wrong because it's just been more content than we've ever, ever received. And I'm a little overwhelmed. I have to say like the whole, the whole point of her getting to that point in reputation where she had to go away for a while was because she was so overexposed. And I do wonder like, are we going to verge on that territory by the time the last re-record comes out? Because if the publicity rollout is like this and it's getting this level of attention for every single album, people are going to get sick of it. Yeah, Not us, that's what I was thinking but the too. public. Well, here's, here's what I was thinking. It's like, obviously she wants these fucking records to sell. So it doesn't make any fucking sense to just go every two months, here's another one. Here's another one. Here's another one. Here's another exactly. one. Exactly. Like, by the time you get to fucking 1989 or whatever she does last, nobody's going to give a fuck. Yeah, it's a tricky it's a tricky path to chart. We'll obviously care, but but this is why I wonder like there must be some sort of ideology behind her like which album she's choosing to release. I think she's going to go with the ones that are most popular first, like just the ones that were most successful in the first place, but I can't see even like the stands aren't going to get that excited about the 1989 re-records because they're going to sound the same I think it might almost be better to go with red first because it's like kind of poppy still a really well beloved album but has a bunch of elements that could be improved upon upon re-recording but 1989 like leave it alone well somebody told me something interesting which I hadn't thought of before but somebody said like they think that debut is going to be dead last because it's like not only is it like a closing sort of a thing like full circle but also it's definitely the one that is going to have the least amount of attention because it was overall, obviously, her least commercially successful album because it was the first one. So, and it also, like, I mean, today, I don't think that a lot of people are fucking logging in and going, man, I would love to listen to a place in this world. What did you think of the new merch? I thought it was fucking ugly. Um. Well, the merch that's been coming out, I mean, some of it was cute. I liked the... Um, I want the Forever and Always t-shirt. Yeah, I was just about to say, that one is good. That is a good shirt. But the back, it's like, why Why do oh, I want a fucking track list on my, on back? my back? It's because it's because you can't put tour dates, can you? Because there is no fucking tour. <laughs> just slap the titles on there. Like, what? And, they, and it just looks, aesthetically, it looks ugly with all the brackets and the Taylor's version. Like, it's just not, not what I want. It looks horrible. Why not just put... Like in big letters, Taylor's version on the back. I'd buy that. I don't give a fuck. But just like also, a is giant... it me or do all of the pictures used in the merch look like fan photos taken on like digital cameras from the audience? Well, guess what? I just fucking read today on Twitter is that Austin Swift, which I'd forgotten about, he was a tour photographer on the Fearless tour because he's into oh photography. My God, I so about all that. of those fucking pictures were taken by Austin Swift because those are the ones that she can use. Well, we know why his career didn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we know why. We know why. I mean, they're not like, but they're just not that good. Like none of the pictures really are like the ones that I would put on a t-shirt. You know, I only like the Forever and Always one because I love the dress and I know exactly what moment she's doing that, like howling yeah. at and yeah. that I like. But some of them are just like weird, like camcorder snaps. Exactly. I haven't gotten like my physical copies yet or anything. So I haven't looked at the album booklet or any of the like pictures, exclusive pictures or anything. But from what I've seen, they're all just kind of like somebody took this with their camera phone. (laughs) 
All right. So sorry for going off topic a little bit there. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to, you know, subscribe, follow us everywhere. Also, we want to thank you for 30,000 listeners, which I forgot to tell Madeline. We hit that. I'm just hearing this. I'm just hearing this (laughs) for the first time. So woohoo, we're famous. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And we will see you in the next episode.